Greetings, beloved sibling, and welcome to the Brain Buddies podcast, sponsored by the Chicago Society for Neuroscience. I'm science funny man Aaron Freeman, and along with my partner, University of Chicago neurobiology professor Peggy Mason, we love talking brain stuff. But we are going to begin this episode of the Brain Buddies podcast with some jokes from Senator John McCain, speaking at the end of the 2008 presidential campaign at the Al Smith Dinner in New York. This campaign began so long ago with a heralded arrival of a man known to Oprah Winfrey as the one. Being a friend and colleague of Barack, I just called him that one. He... Friends, he doesn't mind at all. In fact, he even has a pet name for me. George Bush. (laughs) Republican Senator John McCain has unfortunately been recently diagnosed with brain cancer, specifically glioblastoma. And before him, Kennedy Kennedy, Bo Biden, and and numerous others. Not just famous people, too. Uh, Lots of people are felled by glioblastomas. What is glioblastoma? Glioblastoma is a type of brain cancer. And it's the type of brain cancer, unfortunately, very difficult to halt. Is it a glioblastoma? Is it yeah, a kind so of tumor? It's a type of tumor. There are two broad categories of what is broadly called brain cancer. In one type, you have a metastasis from a some other tumor. And the, and the most common tumors in this country are breast, lung, and uh, melanoma, a type of skin cancer. So yes, those are the those are the three most common cancers, and they are the th- because they're the most common. They are the most common ones to actually send off a metastasis that invades the the nervous system, that invades the the brain. That's a metastatic type of brain tumor. It's coming from outside of the brain. That's right? not glioblastoma. That's not glioblastoma. Then there's a second category, which is a what's called a primary intracranial tumor. A primary intracranial tumor is a tumor that starts from a cell type that is within the cranium. So glioblastomas are among the rare malignant intracranial tumors. Yeah. The glial cells are? Cell types in the nervous system are glia and neurons. And glia are the unsung heroes. Neurons are the stars of the show. Although, although, (laughs) in this particular case of John McCain, his cancer is of the astrocytes, which are stars. Um, Yes. By etymology, they're stars. Yes. <laughs> and I labeled a few in my life, and, and they look very starish. An uh, astrocyte is a kind of glial cell. Correct. And glial means glue-like. These glioblastomas are pernicious. The median survival is, I think, around 14 months or something, and it could be less than that. But for the most part, a very small number make it past five years, which is typically what we call survival. How does it kill you? It spreads. It tends to spread along the junction of the gray matter and the white matter. So it spreads right at the base of the cortex. And it's just it just can spread throughout the whole brain. It's pernicious. You can never really get all of it out? You can take out the brain. You take out the brain. It's just going to spread through the brain. Whereas something like a meningioma sits in one place or a pinealoma sits in one place. A pituitary adenoma, it sits in one place. It may come back, but it sits in one place. 
Now, as we speak, this is about a week, a little less than a week after Senator McCain's announcement. They said that his family will spend the next few weeks assessing what their options are. What kind of options are there? Is there any hope of a miracle drug that will wipe it out like Jimmy Carter? Uh, Jimmy Carter had a metastasis, right? So he he had had a metastasis from a melanoma. So they took out the tumor, they treated the melanoma... And luckily, he didn't get a recurrence or hasn't had. He had a metastasis, as in it, he had, when it was outside his brain that made its way in. Much, okay. much more manageable, much more fixable, solvable. Carter had a version of immunotherapy that cranked up his own defenses, such that within a few months there were no cancer cells detectable in his body. How much hope could the immunotherapeutic approach give to someone with glioblastoma? There are some aggressive treatments, and they may be on the verge of great successes. To date, they have not been scalable. So they're available for people with a lot of resources and access to resources. They are not available, as a rule, to a, to a person right. who gets a glioblastoma. Could McCain, if he went about this very aggressively and had some luck, could he survive, say, two or three years? Well, possibly. If it's you, what kind of things would you think about when you're thinking about trying to slow the progress of glioblastomas? I don't have it, and I, and I don't know, in fact, how I would react if I had it. But this is how I think I would react if I had it, which is okay. to look at the stats and believe that I'm basically average. So what's ha- going to happen on average in the stats is probably going to happen to me. So let's say I think I decide I think I have 14 months. How much of that 14 months do I want to spend doing this or that approach? And my hunch is that I don't. It's not something that appeals to me. You mean that the rigors of therapy might diminish your quality of life? I think I would rather do something else. But again, I haven't faced that choice and I don't know. You got 14 month left, you might not want to spend it retching and, right. <laughs> and shivering and stuff. I mean, I, I pretty much like the hospice approach, which is figure out how it is that you like to spend time and get palliative care that enables you to do that for as long as you can. As science-minded viewers of the news, and as particularly as neuroscience-minded viewers of news, what kinds of things should we look for as we try to track Senator McCain's progress, and also where would we look if we wanted to learn more about glioblastomas? Going to NIH for starters is a, is a good idea. We'll uh, make a link. We'll put a yeah, link we can make blog. a link. Um, BrainBuddiesPodcast.com. Yeah, I usually like the way Mayo Clinic also talks about various uh, problems. And as far as what John McCain's doing, I value John McCain's service to the country, his service for many decades. I wish him and his family the absolute best. It's not going to be an easy time. This is a teachable moment for us yeah. who don't know much. I just learned glioblastoma as a term yeah. a couple of days ago. Yeah. What do you want us to take away? I want you to take away that there are lots of different pockets here. There are metastases, and that has a different approach. And then within the intracranial tumors, there are ones that are very straightforward. The the vestibular schwannomas, the pituitary adenomas, these happen fairly frequently. And then there are ones that are tough, but they're tough just because of a random throw of the die, such as your sister's, the meningioma that she had. She had it very close to the base of the brain. It was a 
tough place to get to. The surgery wasn't easy, and it left her with 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 problems Damage. secondary yeah. to the surgery. And then there's cancer such as the glioblastoma, which is not a throw of the die. When you get the glioblastoma, it's going to be a tough road. So what I think I hear you saying is that one takeaway that we non-scientists can have is to remember that there are brain cancers and there are brain cancers, that there are a bunch of them. There's a difference between the ones that start outside the cranium and work their way in and the ones that start inside the cranium and kind of take over. And one differences within the ones that start within the brain, within the cranium. And the ones that start outside the cranium, what's really important is where they land. Yes. That's going to be true for all of them. The glioblastoma is going to start someplace, and that's another crapshoot. And depending on where it lands, you, the symptoms, uh, yes. whether or not it's your ability to see, hear, right. move, right. the symptoms will be different where it is. I don't know if you remember Robert Novak. Sure, remember. yes, of course. Evans and Novak. So he had a brain tumor, and, it, and um, it came to light because he presented essentially with hemispatial neglect. I don't know. Do you remember the story? Hemispatial neglect. So he was he was driving his car, and he hit a bicyclist. But he didn't stop. And a few blocks later, somebody comes, taps on his window and says, you know, what the heck? Man, you just hit somebody. Why didn't you stop? And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And so if, if I reconstruct this, and I, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I'm fairly certain I'm correct. He hit the bicyclist on the left side. On and his then, left. On his left. And, on and no he had left. a brain tumor in his right parietal area a brain tumor that produces what's called hemispatial neglect. He hit this person, oh. but it didn't. It never occurred to him. It didn't happen. That left side of the world didn't exist for him. So then he, he goes a few more blocks and somebody taps on his right window, a place in the world that does exist for him. And now he gets this information and he goes to the hospital. And if you have a left-sided accident and you are of that age, you want to check for something going wrong in the right parietal area. They did this, I don't know what they, CT scan or an MRI, but they found the brain tumor at that point. So I guess you could also take this as yet another reminder that your brain is involved in that blame near everything. And if there's trouble in your brain, it could show up on your leg, your arm, your mouth, right. your eye, everywhere. That it there, was a, it, it, there was a great case in the New York Times this morning, Lisa Sanders, who brought up a person who presented with hiccups. And the hiccups continued to get worse and then started to get numbness and tingling and some clumsiness. And turns out this person had a type of tumor I'd never heard of before. It's a hemangioblastoma. It's a tumor of the lining of the blood vessels. And it happened way back at the junction between the spinal cord and the medulla. And taking that out is unbelievably tricky. Luckily, the surgeon was excellent, took it out. And the person is completely recovered. <laughs> what you just said reminds me of my very good friend, Don Shern, who never, ever, ever wants to hear me talking about biology or brains or anything having to do with medical sciences because... Anything can go wrong. Right, 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 right. You're telling me you can get tumors on the insides of the blood vessels. I mean, this is not right. There's nothing safe. No. Anything can go wrong, anytime, anywhere. It's crazy. 
Well, what an uplifting message. Thank you very much, Peggy. I'm, 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 really, I'm so happy that we had a chance to have this little discussion here. You oh, know? yes. Anytime. <laughs> now I can go into the world in complete neurobiologically sanctioned paranoia. Thank you very much. But seriously, we do wish uh, John McCain and Senator McCain... Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, thus far that I've seen, he's never missed an opportunity to be a hero. I remember back when people were saying completely untrue things of his opponent, and he would not yep. let those things stand. I want to be President of the United States, and obviously I do not want Senator Obama to be. But I have to tell you, I have to tell you, he is a decent person and a person that you do not have to be scared as president of the United States. Now, I, I just, now I just, now, now look, I, I, if I didn't think I wouldn't be one heck of a lot better president, I wouldn't be running, okay? And that's the point, that's, that's the point. He is a good, principled man. Whatever parts of the brain are involved in honor, duty, and righteousness, his have been working really well. They really have. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Peggy. Talk to you soon, darling. Thanks immensely much for listening. If you are a neuroscience fan, we hope you'll check out the Chicago Society for Neuroscience online at chicagosfn.org. You are also invited to visit Peggy's blog, thebrainissocool.com, and you can find us both on Twitter and Facebook. We're just getting started here, and we would love your feedback and or suggestions of neuroscience topics you'd like to hear us talk about. We really would love to hear your answer to the question... Imagine you have 14 months to live. What would you do? How many aggressive medical treatments would you pursue? To what extent would you say, oh, to heck with it. I'm going to go do this thing that I've always wanted to do. And if I die with my boots on, that's how it is. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, wishing you ponds that are peaceful and gleels full of glee from the Chicago Society for Neuroscience's Brain Buddies podcast. (laughs) 